With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to recap week 12, get you ready for rivalry week. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. You know the deal. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, send me emails, Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com, as well as find me on Twitter and Instagram. Big Ten Football Talk is the handle. Excited to kind of get into this. I it a lot of teams that deserve a lot of compliments and uh, and some teams that I feel like. I have issues with which it, that's pretty much my issue every week. Um, I'm I'm gonna go how I've how I've done it in the past with uh, power rankings, kind of guiding the discussion, and then I'll do our our, our national top ten as well. Uh, I'm gonna start at the top because I think the top is easy. But I, I I made a switch since a couple weeks ago at the the top spot. My number one team right now. And this is not indicative of who I'm going to pick in the game. But my number one currently by a hair is Ohio State. I think Ohio State the past two weeks has looked like the best team in the Big Ten. I think Travion Henderson is hitting a groove. I think Ohio State's getting healthy. I think they're finally learning how to call the game well for Comacord. Now, part of that I think is they faced two borderline non-functional teams the past two weeks. And, you know, I think Kamakord, last week in particular against Minnesota, got away with a couple couple balls. But they have looked better uh, against those two teams. And I I think I, I like where they're headed going into the game. Conversely, I don't like how Michigan has looked the past two weeks. You know, I you know Yankee Wolverine and I were going back and forth on Twitter uh, about them versus Penn State, and I, I feel like the same issues I saw with Penn State I saw this week. Uh, I, I thought Michigan looked vulnerable, which I had not seen all year, and part of that is I, I think at times they struggle to run the ball. Now. Before anyone gets on me and says, what do you mean? Like, look at those big runs. And, and that was part of what Yankee Wolverine was talk, talking to me about on, on Twitter. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate that, that thought. I, I think my, my struggle 
and this is in comparison to last year, is if you look at last year, I mean, they were always gashing people. I mean, you you could find six to eight runs that were 10 plus yards every every year. They were easily getting five to seven yards a clip in most games. I mean, you just, you could not stop them. I have not gotten that sense in the past two games. I thought against Penn State, I thought they had, you know, certainly a, a few runs that were big, but really they, they controlled the clock, sure, but they they lack explosion. And if you look at how Michigan has won the past couple years, you know, particularly against Ohio State, they've been able to to explode for big plays in the run game. And they've had a couple. But I don't – I think they're vulnerable. I don't think their offense is nearly as effective as maybe we thought they were in the first ten games or first nine games. Um, their defense at times looked shaky against Maryland. Right, I think Maryland really did themselves in, and I think Michigan got bailed out. You know, I I had at first I thought the intentional grounding call was was a good call. Looking back, I'm like, I don't think that's that was a good call. I think I think Michigan got bailed out. Um, I that I think they got a little lucky against Maryland. So because of that, I'm dropping Michigan to two by a hair, by a hair. Because as I think, you know, I'm I'm gonna drop the the recap or not the the picks pod on on Wednesday instead of Thursday. I I would still pick Michigan, um, but I am in doubt. I'm in turmoil over that pick right now. So I've got Michigan two. At Penn State is clearly three. Penn State's clearly three, and regardless of what you feel. You know, Penn State's lost to the number two and number three teams in the country. Both by single digits. You know, we could talk about how they've got to win those games in the future. And I still am not sold on Franklin. Uh, I'm not sure that they, they can continue to to move on with him unless if they, they figure something out for offense. Um, but they're very clearly number three. And they do what they, they needed to do. You know, Drew Drew Aller went down with an injury in this game. Uh, I, I think they play Michigan State next week. I, I don't think it matters who they play at quarterback against the Spartans. No offense to Michigan State, who I think has had a, a, a really good three weeks, um, despite the fact that they lost to um, – they – despite the fact that they lost to um, Ohio State a couple weeks ago – you know they they're they're two and one the last couple weeks and good for them, but I I don't think I think Penn State's defense is too good. You know I think their defense again really shut down uh, an inspired Rutgers team, which I'll get to Rutgers. I know Rutgers has lost three straight, and that's probably very sad and disconcerting for Scarlet Knights fans after a a six and two start. But I I do I want to get to them in a minute. Clearly, Penn State's the number three team. It's, it's, you know, the number four team, they beat 31 to nothing. So, to me, that, that top three is very easy. Number four is very easy, and it's Iowa. You know, Iowa, again, 
won a close game against Illinois uh, at home. You know, they rallied in the fourth quarter. You know, Caleb Johnson had a 30-yard touchdown run. So, you know, as much as we've made fun of Iowa's offense, you know, their offense came through in a big way at the the end of a game. And I, I feel like I need to give some flowers to Kirk Ferentz. Because as much as I have ripped him, and I think a lot of people have ripped him for his offensive production and for, for, you know, for nepotism, having his son as the offensive coordinator who has not really done a good job in that role, you know, I, I think the fact that they went 9-2, and two, they won the West. Say what you want about the West. The West is a mess. But they have done a good job to win and to win the games in front of them. In a lot of ways, they, they probably should be 10-1 and one based off of what happened against Minnesota. They're 9-2, and two, and I think that defense is going to give Ohio State or Michigan at least some resistance. I don't think it's going to be close in the Big Ten Championship game. But, you know, you, get, you, catch, you catch Ohio State or Michigan on, on an off day, who knows? And, you know, Kirk Ferentz deserves a lot of credit for that, as he's done all his career, is take an unappreciated, unheralded, unheralded program and made them a top 20 team in the country. Uh, and so he, he deserves a lot of credit. Those, those kids deserve a lot of credit for rallying and playing and, and, and winning these games. I know they're, they're close. It's ugly. But good for them. And good for Iowa to, to clinch a spot in the Big Ten Championship game. They're my number four team. Number five is Rutgers. I'm still high on Rutgers. They're, they're six and five. There's a lot of six and five and five and six teams in the Big Ten. Um, I think Rutgers got – they unfortunately had a very tough stretch in the back half of their schedule. And so I think people, particularly against Iowa, I think people were like, we kept it close against Ohio State for a good chunk of that game. We went into halftime with the lead against Ohio State, and we can't score a point against Iowa. I I think there's just a reality that when you're building a program and you have Ohio State, Iowa, and Penn State, and two of those are on the road, right? You have Ohio State at home. And you lose that game and you get gutted, you know, and then you have to go on the road to Iowa and then on the road to Happy Valley. That's like not many teams are going to do well in that stretch. And so if I'm a Rutgers fan and you feel beat down and you feel like, ah, we had so, we we could have, could have broken through. Listen, remember, I, I said this a few weeks ago. You hit the layups, which means you're bowl eligible. So good job. You know, this was, you know, six and six was a successful season. Anything on top of that is bonus. And I still think you can get the bonus win. Uh, they, They play Maryland this week. Maryland is obviously up and down. Um, And we'll talk about them in a minute. But like Rutgers, like I, I still think. Rutgers should be very proud of themselves, right? They they played Penn State tough for three quarters. You know, it took it took the fourth quarter to really for Penn State to pull away. You know, 
they have been in it with all the big three teams at least in t- well into the second half, right? That's significant progress. And if you're Rutgers, that's what you want to be looking for, significant progress. And, you know, I think Wimsat is making strides. I know people are like, well, if we had an actual quarterback. Listen, Wimsat's raw. You knew that going into it. But he's going into year four of the program. He has gotten better every year. You know, he is dynamic as a runner. I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is they got to do Q, QB run more. But that defense is good. It's it The, the culture is being instilled. Uh, I still think good things are ahead for this Rutgers team, not just for this year but beyond. Uh, credit Greg Schiano for that. And speaking of credit, can we talk about some Northwestern love at number six? Northwestern is going to a bowl game. I picked Northwestern to go one and eleven. I think they're six and five with an interim. Well, no longer an interim head coach, David Braun. I, I get Purdue has not has not been very good this year, but forget that. Northwestern is six and five. They, I believe they are second in the division. That's insane. Right, Ben Bryant has played well. Uh, Sullivan has played well in relief. You know, Cam Porter had a great game, ninety-five yards, two touchdowns. I mean, they they are doing really well. Granted, Purdue did not have Hudson Card, but still, like wins are wins when you are north, especially when you're Northwestern. Like Northwestern had no momentum. They had lost a generational head coach. They're coming off two terrible seasons. Nobody thought they were going to be good. And they're six and five. Second in the division. I don't care that it's the West. I, I don't. Like they deserve David Braun and those kids deserve so much credit to go six and five. And so well done for the Wildcats. I've got them number six. And a big part of it is they've beaten teams that you wouldn't have expected them to beat. They beat Maryland. They beat Wisconsin. Right? And it that matters. So good for them. Good for David Braun. He, deserve, he deserves coach of the year. No offense. You know, I think Greg Schiano, uh, Greg Schiano, I think in any other year would, would deserve it. What David Braun has done in Evanston is nothing short of miraculous. So kudos to David Braun and his guys for, you know, staying together and getting this thing done. It's just incredible coaching job. Uh, number seven, I have Maryland. Uh, Maryland, they're six and five, three and five in the conference. This is a team I thought that could get to nine wins. And, you know, I was talking to my mom about this. Maryland really took it to Michigan. I think in a lot of ways Maryland could have won this game. And I think that's the the frustrating thing about Maryland is coulda, woulda, shoulda. They blow more opportunities than any other team. And I, on the broadcast, someone, uh, I think it was Joel Klatt, was saying that uh, 
it's because of Mike Loxley that Maryland has a future. I completely disagree. I completely disagree. Maryland blows more opportunities than any other team in the Big Ten. They they have talent. They had experience. But they blow games and they blow opportunities. You know, they, they had Ohio State on the ropes. And, you know, I thought they kind of blew it. You know, I think Ohio State won that game. You know, I think they really rallied. And I think against Michigan, I, honestly, they should have beat Michigan. They had every opportunity and they turned the ball over and they make stupid mistakes when you least need it. And before anyone says, well, but Maryland kept it close. Yeah, but you know what? They didn't keep it close in other games. And this is, this is I, I say all the time on this podcast, you are who you are. This is what Mike Loxley has done for the past several years. You, you start hot, you beat, beat some low-level teams, you keep it close against the big boys, and then you blow games you shouldn't. Right? You lose to Illinois. You lose to Northwestern. And no offense to either of those teams, but Maryland's more talented than both of them. They let Ohio State beat them three times. And then they get crushed by Penn State. I... I have no trust in Maryland. And that's sad because I think they could have been the fourth best team in the in the conference. I think they could have gotten the 10 wins this season. This is a disappointing season for the Terrapins. And that I I you have to look at Mike Loxley. He's done a great job recruiting. That's part of coaching. But the MO is the MO. And at some point you have to figure out is is this kind of our ceiling with Mike Loxley? So I got Maryland at seven. I've got Wisconsin at eight. You know, it's hard to be upset with Luke Fickle in his first year. I expected more, but, you know, good for them to win in overtime against a division rival. That being said, they, they have to recruit and inject some more talent into this program. You know, it, it stinks that they don't have Ches Malusi. It stinks that, you know, Braylon Allen has been hurt. He did come back for this game, won, uh, or had two touchdowns in this game. But this is, I, I think Wisconsin is a gritty team, but they're not a very particularly good team right now. And, you know, they're going to get to a bowl game. They're going to get some extra bowl practices. They're going to be able to keep keep that system growing in the system. So I, I, it's just hard to tell. I, I thought Wisconsin would be a lot better this year. They're six and five, they, they weren't bowl eligible. Sometimes to get better, you have to break things down before you build them back up. And I think in some ways that might be the case with Wisconsin. Is they're, they're making such a radical shift in who they are offensively that it might take some time for them to really get right. So I... You know, it's year one under Fickle. I think to get to bowl eligibility, it's, it's certainly not the goal that they had at the beginning of the season. But I think it's good. Um, 
I, I look forward to seeing what things look like in the future for them. So I've got Wisconsin at eight. I've got Nebraska at nine. I know there's a lot of people upset about Nebraska losing this game to Wisconsin. F- probably felt like shades of Scott Frost, you know, losing, you know, after being up two scores. And I, I, I say similar things about Nebraska that I did to Wisconsin. It's year one under Matt Rule. They've made strides. They've, you know, they've, they've lost the past two games by three points and, and now overtime. And now they've got a tough one to get to bowl eligibility against Iowa. Regardless of what happens against Iowa, I would just stress patience. You're reshaping a culture. And Matt Rule has already shown you that he, he's got the goods, right? Five wins. That's more wins than last year. He, he needs time and he needs talent. Right, and so I, I I do question if they need to get a different offensive coordinator, but the reality is they they don't have a a good option at quarterback right now. You know Harburg and Sims and Purdy, like all those guys, they're either young and inexperienced, or they 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 just are not talented enough to win consistently at this level, and that's that's just part of it, and you got to find your guy. And that's, I think that's a big part of this right now. But it's year one. I still think you got to give Nebraska a lot of credit for where they're at. They're five and six. They have a chance to get bowl eligible. And so the Iowa game is, it's certainly not the game you want to end with if you're trying to get bowl eligible. At the same time, it's a home game. And you're still in the bowl picture at the end of the season. And that's saying something for Nebraska. So good for them. I'm going to go to Illinois. Illinois, again, a tough loss for Illinois. Now they have to beat Northwestern next week, which that's, a, I think, a bit more winnable. But, again, you no idea if Altmaier plays uh, the, the backup quarterback, who's played fairly well. Um, in in their games that he's been in, uh, you know, I, I think Illinois has a, a real shot. You know, John Paddock has, has been their quarterback. Less than 50% uh, completion percentage uh, against Iowa. But again, it's Iowa. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, at least, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over. Threw for 215 yards. Just the volume of passes. You know, he, he threw 47 passes. That's... That's a, that's a tough ask against a swarming defense in Iowa. So I, I think, you know, Illinois has a shot. They got to play uh, an inspired Northwestern team. But again, you know, they, after the start of their season, you know, good on them to be in the position they are with, with all the losses that they've, they've had uh, on, on different sides of the ball. But I've got them at 10. All right. I'm going to rip my next team. The other three I'm not, because we kind of know who they are. Minnesota, what I don't understand, but it kind of felt like P.J. Fleck, D. 
didn't want to win. I get it. You have, you're at a severe disadvantage. But, like, the Ohio State-Minnesota game played out a lot like the Ohio State-Indiana game. And in that game, it kind of felt like Tom Allen didn't want to win. It was just like, let's just get out of here with, you know, the least amount of points on the board as possible. And that's what it kind of felt like with Minnesota. It was like, we're not really interested in scoring. We're just going to run the ball and run clock. And and then they got down. And it's like, well, we got to throw. And then just disaster, right? I, I don't know what P.J. Flex doing. I know he had a great season in 2019. At what point do you just kind of say he doesn't really add much? And I get it. Minnesota is down. Their offensive line is is not what it was a year ago. But they're they're starting to get better. You've got a good stable of running backs. You've got some underrated receivers. Like what's going on there? You know, Brent Spanford, what has happened to him? Like he has been a drop machine. And I, I just don't I don't understand what like what is going on with that coaching staff, what is going on with that team. They have been just shockingly mediocre. And I think what's frustrating is for all the rah-rah, row your boat stuff that PJ Fleck does, he doesn't seem at all inspired to play these big games. And I like it, it it almost feels like he showed up to collect a paycheck. Now, I don't want to I don't want to insinuate that. That's But this is it it's ridiculous. That like it seemed like there was no effort to try to score. You had, you had fourth and manageable on Ohio State side of the field twice in this game in the first half. When it's still close. And instead of going for it, you try to pit them deep. What are you doing? Now, I I, I can kind of get the logic if you are a power and you're like, I want to pin him deep so we, you know. But they weren't stopping them in between the 20s. Why on earth are you just giving the ball back just so that they can score more? Just It made no sense to me. So I, I don't understand Minnesota. They're at 10 or they're at 11. Michigan State's 12. Two wins in the past three weeks. Good on them. Uh, Purdue at 13. Tough luck with Hudson Card being out. Um, and then Indiana at, at 14. They've kind of, they kind of round out my, my power rankings. Um, let me do my national top 10 real quick and then I'll get you out of here. Uh, number one, Georgia. Georgia has turned it on and they're a monster right now. They're the I think they're the best team in the country and I'm not sure it's close. Two, I've got Ohio State on the strength of their two big wins. Um, three, I have Washington. I just like Washington beat another top 12 team in Oregon State. I just don't know how you keep them down. I know that it's looked ugly at times. But, like, they keep winning against the teams you put in front of them. And it's it's a tough schedule. And so I, I've got Washington at three. 
I've got Michigan at four. Um, and a lot of that's more on the on the, the backs of their schedule and how they have looked against teams that have a, have a pulse, if I'm honest. Um, I've got them at four. I have Florida State at five. Just I'm gutted for Jordan Travis. Gutted for Jordan Travis. Let me be clear. If Florida State wins out and wins the ACC, they're in the playoff. Regardless of what, I mean, Jordan Travis is out for the season, most likely. Like, that did not look like a injury that he's coming back from. Um, but Florida State's in the playoff if they went out. Okay? That's, that's not a debate. So, number six, I've got Alabama. I think Alabama has looked the best since week seven, week eight. I, they, they look really, really good right now. And I know, I know Texas beat them, but teams change. And I think I think Alabama's I think Alabama would beat Texas in a neutral site next week. So I've got Texas at number seven. You know Texas keeps winning, even when it looks bad. <laughs> they keep winning. Uh, Oregon I have at eight. You know Oregon looks the part but then you kind of look at some of their their wins and you're like who have they actually beaten and i i think they look good i think bo nix is good but i i don't know i i'm not, i'm not convinced in oregon like everybody else is i've got penn state at nine i think that defense is nasty still and i you know i i don't think it's anything to be ashamed of losing by one score to Ohio State and Michigan. I just don't. And I know that Penn State fans don't want to hear that. I know Penn State fans might want Franklin fired. I kind of think it might be time for him to go. But it's, you know, it firing Franklin at this point would be a luxury move, not a, like, a necessary move. And... The only way it's necessary is if if you think you can get somebody who can take you to that next level. Penn State routinely is in that nine to fifteen range, or or six to fifteen range. Like they they are a really good team, and that defense is legit, right? They were legit against Ohio State. They were legit against Michigan. Um, so I I I think. All the teams that I just listed above them, I think Penn State would give them fits. And maybe maybe outside of Georgia and Alabama? Like, I, I'm not sure the defenses are as effective, would be as effective in stopping Penn State. So, like, I, I think Penn State is a really good team. They're just in a, they're in a tough spot right now. So, and and... You know, their offense, they need to improve offensively for sure. Um, last but not least, I've got Louisville at 10. They're 10-1. and one. You know, they have some good wins. They have a big win over Notre Dame. They, I think they're going to f- end up facing Florida State in the ACC championship game. And that could, be, that could be really tough for Florida State because the way that Florida State is playing right now, uh, with especially with the Jordan Travis injury, that that could be a really tough game for them. So, I 
Louisville, really good season. Props to Jeff Brom, a former Purdue coach. But that'll do it. We're going to do picks on Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. I want to give you ample time because I know there's quite a few Friday games on the schedule. And so I I think if you look, uh, I think Penn State plays prime time. Yeah, they play prime time in Detroit against Michigan State uh, on Friday night. That's a 7.30 kick. Um, a lot of a lot of fun action on Friday. Uh, you've got the Apple Cup, or no, not the Apple Cup, the Civil War. Excuse me, Oregon State, Oregon, future Big Ten opponent, uh, future Big Ten member. Uh, you've got Iowa at Nebraska. You've got Penn State, Michigan State. Should be a very very nice slate of games on Friday, which will lead us to rivalry Saturday. And uh, looking forward to it. So this has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. Follow us wherever you get uh, you get your podcasts. Take care. God bless.